This is a hip hop song. Oh God! From back in the day, long time ago. Oh, real, real old school hip hop. Real hip hop. Not like none of this Drake shit. It's not a good song. I'm pretty sure it's like a one hit wonder song from some guy. I can't remember. You ever hear "Turn Down for What"? I'm talking about old school. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Smooth Burrito. Yeah. Home of old school hip hop. I'm yeah. Frank. I'm Trevor. <laughs> oh man. He uh, keeps it real. Yeah. So video games and people who play them. That's us. We play them. Yeah. Uh, I hear you've been playing a little game by the name of Death Stranding. Yeah, I've been playing it. It's a game. Man, I guess if you could call it that. <laughs> um I mean I guess I'll just get right into it. Um I'm about 25 maybe 30 hours into the game i think i'm around the halfway mark um i think that's on the long tail of what i'm reading people are finishing it at like 40 hours or so um which would not probably be the case for me i'm probably gonna be um it's probably gonna take me a good while um i've been just taking my time with it man uh i've been enjoying it i kind of feel like it's good that i'm not rushed through this game because i feel like if i was rushed through it um if i was like eager to kind of get through the story as quick as possible or get from point a to point b and main mission to main mission to try to get from the beginning to the end of the game as quickly as possible i feel like i wouldn't enjoy it and you know maybe that's why some people's opinions are a little negative on it um the game can get repetitive if you do that um from what i've seen if i just bounce main mission to main mission to main mission um the game gets quite repetitive so i guess i'll kind of get into like what the gameplay is like um so there was like a lot of questions obviously around death stranding with the trailers leading up to it and all the talk and the people who played it and nobody knew what the fuck it was um and it came out and everybody was like basically saying all you do is deliver packages and walk around this empty open world and there's a lot of that um they're not wrong but you do do a lot more than that um and the further you get into the game the more action oriented it gets um i mean later on you get like assault rifles and grenades and like lethal weapons and stuff like this so like um you there is combat there are boss fights there's a lot of like stealth gameplay um and if you play metal gear solid 5 and understand like the mission gameplay loop where like perfect execution gets you an s rank and all these all this bonus shit and you have all this like all these statistic based numbers around your character and your gameplay um that's here and present as well um and is what kind of keeps me like addicted to this game and it's what kind of kept me addicted to metal gear solid 5 too to be completely honest it's just like incredibly addicting like watching your numbers go up and then like being like oh this stat needs to get better i need an s rank on this delivery like i need like flawless execution i need more likes i need to lay down and um I will say like the most interesting aspect of this game 
in terms of like gameplay and mechanics has to be like the online functionality. Yeah, that looks uh, to be the most unique thing. It like and and when they talk about it and like when I heard about it I was like, "Oh, it sounds cool, but like is it really that cool? Like is it like is it are they going to actually like execute this efficiently? Is this going to be some, like just some like shoehorned in thing that's like not really gonna make a difference but dude it like changes the whole scope of the game um to the point where like the first few hours roughly when like so like the point is like you're going city to city and you're putting these cities on what they call the chiral network um before you put them on the chiral network nobody's shit is anywhere you're not connected to the network but once you put them on the chiral network it connects you in real life and then all the people that are playing the game that lay down shit like ladders and climbing ropes and bridges and even roads and things like that start to appear in your world and the same goes for you the stuff that you build starts to appear in other people's world and the more shit you build um and the more people that use your shit uh the more like points and likes that you get uh, and the more likes you get the the more like you get you have like this card or whatever that like is like a ranking type thing um it's kind of hard for me to describe it without like going into the nitty-gritty of like how the whole like calculating your statistics goes but um like it, it's kind of like the more likes you get the more stuff you build the more you know points you get it's like goes into that gameplay loop that you get at the end of each mission where you're trying to reach the s rank and do as good as possible um it's kind of like that addicting factor but what's amazing is like the world gets shaping um more and more the more you play it so it's a completely different game the further you get into it so three hours in i'm like dude this game is like empty this is like a barren wasteland like it's just me out here struggling to get a package like to, from point a to point b and now it's like you get cars and motorcycles and like bridges and you're dealing with completely different obstacles hmm. uh, 20 hours in than you were three hours in um like three hours in you're just like trying to get there and your obstacles are like going up a hill because like it's hard to do that <laughs> um but then like 25 hours and your obstacles are like terrorists that are trying to kill you um and like these camps that are trying to steal your shit yeah that um, sounds like it's a game that evolves pretty well as you play it yeah exactly um and i will say like i'm just i'm having a lot of fun with it uh it doesn't get repetitive right when i feel like it's starting to get repetitive like oh, i've done this so much like just want to move on to the next episode then bam that episode's over and like i'm moving on to the next thing i get like this big giant kojima cutscene or whatever and um the story progresses essentially um so like and then like the me gameplay mechanics change i'm introduced like to this whole new area and there's just like all this shit like he does a really really good job of pacing this game um like maybe he went through a lot of testing uh for people playing it and was just like this is when we need to start changing things up um, to make a difference so it doesn't feel repetitive uh, because I, I feel like that's like exactly what's happening. Um, I love the game. I think it's great. I think it's like really fucking weird, um, but it's full of lore. Like 
everything that exists in the world exists for a reason. Um, and there's like purpose behind it, even if that purpose is like blatantly dumb. Um, it just seems like a well-established kind of gameplay or game universe. You know what I mean? Nice. I'm glad to hear that, uh, people are liking it. Like you're liking it. Um, we have, I bought, I bought a PS4 over Black Friday because Best Buy had that $200 for a PS4 and like three games deal. Yeah, it's hard to pass up. Yeah, I took massive advantage of that because, like, there's other shit that I've been wanting to play. Like, I, I need to rebuy my Gundam games, and uh, that besides that was basically that and Death Stranding, and then now like I have God of War. I want to try that out. I want to play Spider Man. Um, but we're planning uh, a very dumb way of reviewing Death Stranding, <laughs> which is we're going to get a digital copy. Make a PlayStation Network name that we're then going to pass around, and everybody like it's gonna be like you play the game for an hour or two, you play the game for an hour or two, and oh then we're God. gonna try to assemble what the story is, dude, from the different parts of it. That's gonna be so hard. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's gonna make it incomprehensible. I'm not going to base like my rating of the game off of that or whatever. Like I'll probably. If, especially if I like it mechanically, I will probably go back and play it more after we do this, but I just thought that this was too good of an idea to pass up. Yeah, that is really interesting and cool to do. Um, man, like, there, there's so much to this game. I've never played a game with this many mechanics, like, at work. Like, it's just a... Like, I tell people that ask me about it, I'm like, it's a hard game. Like, the game's just hard. Like, not in the normal sense, like, Dark Souls hard, where like you go and you fight shit and you die a bunch. It's not that kind of hard. It's hard in that like you really have to fucking think and you have to be patient and you have to plan shit out. And if that if that's not something you want to do when you play games, like don't play this game. Like because it's hard in the sense that you have to go in and like you can't just mind. There's there's never a moment in Death Stranding where I'm just like mindlessly playing this game. Like yeah, um, I'm glad to hear that. Like, I, I don't, I don't like games that are just hard for no reason. But I do think it's like one thing that he did kind of take from Dark Souls, or not really take, but like grab and expand upon, is the soap signs, whatever the hell they were called in Dark Souls, little little tags you can leave everywhere. Like, yeah, that's part of the whole uh, online universe. Like, you can put like little signs up that like warn people, like you got BTs coming up or whatever, like rain in this area or like a terrorist camp over here, so maybe avoid it. That kind of thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like he he saw that in uh, the Souls games and was like, let's expand upon that idea yeah yeah i i hear you on that one but yeah like it's hard because like you sometimes like you're in the menus and you're fully trying to like prepare yourself to go out on this like um trek from like to deliver some package or whatever and you have to go through like this rough terrain and you have to decide okay do i want to carry a larger load and make it more difficult to get from point A to B, point B, but like maybe make it safer because I've got like more ladders or you know climbing ropes or even weapons or whatever. Or do I want to carry a lighter load and get there quicker but risk running into like 
some trouble or whatever along the way and getting totally screwed up over because if your shit gets damaged and it's undeliverable you have to go and start out all over again um you have to like go pick up the shit and from where you started and re-deliver it um so like yeah i mean and then you like go and you can like plan a path in the map um that kind of gives a good idea of what the terrain is like um so you can kind of like path your way there and then another cool thing is like people online can use that path if they're playing the same mission so if you like mark out like a um draw out a path on your map to get to the delivery point um and you drew it like around some terrain or whatever other people can use your path that you drew out um and you can get like points and shit for that it's pretty cool yeah i'm looking forward to playing it um I have been playing a few things, actually. So, I have been playing a lot of Tekken. Uh, me and a couple friends have been getting back into that, so it's been nice to be playing that regularly again. That's cool. Yeah, especially since, like, the Season 3 update is out, they've changed up a few things. Like, everybody has new moves, some moves have new properties. I noticed that a lot more things are wall-bouncing than they used to, which is cool, because that's just opportunity for juggles that I need to get good at doing. Right. Uh, and then, like, me and a buddy tried the Steam remote play. Uh, how'd, how'd that go? It was actually really good. So, um, at first, like, when, with his internet, which granted, he has, like, five up, so it wasn't gonna do great. It was basically terrible. But, okay. like, when we switched to my connection, he had a little bit of latency and uh, that he had to deal with, but, like, it was, like, a frame or so. And we were, we were able to play through the entirety of Cuphead on baby bitch hands mode, which means we didn't get the last few bosses, but yeah, we were on oh, baby okay. mode. But like, we were able to play that fine, and then when I edited some settings to use like the hardware acceleration stuff, uh, that apparently erased a good chunk of the latency to where he couldn't really tell. Granted, we were playing 100-foot robot golf at that time, so right. it might just be that the game feels a bit floatier then cuphead but yeah i mean yeah that's cool man like i played a little bit of i've been playing a little bit of like ps4 remote play uh which is pretty cool um i've noticed that like it works pretty well as well i've been playing it like on my ipad and stuff which is pretty cool i think like uh, remote play features are cool in certain games you know like if you don't need like the pinpoint accuracy or whatever and button presses like if i just want to play like persona 5 or like some rpg like fallout or outer worlds or whatever then like it works great yeah and i'm just glad this this is like it's basically parsec but it's the trade it's a bit easier to use than parsec the trade-off is that like it doesn't stream your entire desktop just whatever steam game is running and also i have noticed like getting in and out of the menus especially if you're on the receiving end of stuff like the steam menus can be a bit weird because it doesn't play nice with alt tabbing or anything right uh and also like it has a really cool feature in that you like when you're playing the game you can adjust the game volume from the menu so you don't have to dump out to the mixer and mess around with that yeah and i think that that's a feature they should just add to steam in general for sure uh i hope they do that but yeah messed with that and then today i played risk of rain 2 which I had been a big fan of the first one, and when I saw they were going to 3D, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work, and then I, like, didn't pay any mind, but 
A friend of mine recommended it, and he was like, yeah, pick it up. Uh, it's not on sale, even though there is a Steam sale, but uh, it was only 20 bucks. so he was like, yeah, pick it up, and then we'll play some, and it, it is really good. It's basically just the same game in 3D, which is impressive. That's cool, man. Like, I would describe it as a kind of like Borderlands, except it feels more free in terms of movement. And also, like... It's a roguelike, so death is more of a big deal than in Borderlands. Right, right. But yeah, I've been playing those. Um, I have penciled in to play Armored Core 2 because a couple friends have been playing that, and that's like the only Armored Core game I haven't played. So, gonna give that a shot. Oh yeah, man. That's what's up, dude. Um... Oh, and I played more uh, Call of Duty, which... uh, it's it's still Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, I've been playing that a little bit too here and there. Um, I guess like the other thing I've been playing a lot of is Pokemon Sword specifically on the Nintendo Switch. Um, as with all the fucking uproar around that those games right now, um, I've actually been kind of in, quite enjoying it. Um, I mean, I, I understand, like, the backlash around it. Like, I know that people were, like, kind of expecting kind of, like, this big overhaul, this next step, like, the, you know, first big mainline Pokemon game on, like, a home console that's not, like, some underpowered handheld. Um, and a lot of people were, like, posting mock-ups of, like, Pokemon and, like, the Breath of the Wild maps and shit those people don't remember that game freak sucks at coding well also game freaks like not a nintendo first party studio yeah that too (laughs) so they don't have like the quite the backing um that like a zelda game has although i mean it's like one of the highest selling franchises so the money's there yeah the Um, money's there and i think honestly if like they went to Nintendo and were like, we want to work more closely with you so we can make this the best game we possibly can. They would have taken it. I think part of it is that, like, honestly, they could have made a game that... And, and, and I'm not saying the game looks bad. Like, on, like, I am not a fan of Pokemon games at all, really. And seeing this game in action, I was like, do I want to buy this? So... It looks like a. It looks like the series is finally where it sh- honestly should have been, like probably on know. the 3DS or something. But uh, yeah. it, it like they could have put out, they could have put out whatever they wanted to, and it still would have sold. And it sold ridiculous numbers. It's like the highest selling Switch game of all time. Um, but like, I mean, and I totally get it. I do. I'm like. They have like this thing that's a wild called the wild area where it's like open and it's quite large and you can go do whatever you want. Um, you can link up online, you can catch Pokemon, you can do all kinds of cool shit there. So it's like a step in like the open direction, but not quite all the way there because the story is still quite linear. Uh, the routes are still there between gyms and shit like that. Um, the graphics are not it's not even close to the best looking game on the switch but like it's more pokemon and honestly i played i play i play every pokemon game um and this is the best pokemon game i've played um but i still think it could have been a million times better the whole pokedex thing yeah i'm not 
I'm not like mad about it. I have a ton of Pokemon that I could have imported into this. Um, but this, I, I'm actually kind of like, I've always been one of those people that like is stuck in the first gen and I use like all first gen Pokemon in every game basically. Um, and this kind of forced me out of that a little bit and kind of like, I like the designs in the new Pokemon. I like some of like the new move sets and like it forced me to like, this felt like a new game because I used a lot of really new Pokemon in it. Um, I loved the starters, um, and like a lot of the new Pokemon in it. And it's the Pokedex is still pretty big. Like if I wanted to catch them all quote unquote for this game, it's still like 400 or something like that. Um, yeah, that, some, I'm of two minds of it. On the one hand, they had to... They, they essentially had to uh, pull this plug at some point. Like, the Pokedex was getting so big, and people are going to want new Pokemon, of course, so, like, that means they have to add more. So, at some point, I feel like the, the amount of Pokemon was going to outstrip what they ha were able to make with the resources they had. Um, however... I also think that given, like, I've seen this game in action, given some of the laziness just with, like, attack animations. Yeah. Like, and just a lot of a lot of cut corners, it looks like, that were cut in weird places. Like, the excuse that they essentially used the development time they saved not porting those Pokemon over to uh, make the game better kind of falls a little flat. Yeah, um... And it, it especially think... is... It's not a good look when they announced that, what, that, like... What was the thing? Pokemon something or... Like, that thing where you can have all your Pokemon in, like, some online account. Pokemon Home, yeah. Yeah, like, announcing that at the same time as being like, Hey, our next game isn't going to have all the Pokemon. You know, that thing that we've done since the Game Boy? Not a good look. Yeah. No, 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 definitely not. Um, and rumor has it, speaking of, like, the lazy cut corners because there are some um the attack animations like some are great there's some really cool new attack animations in there but some are just like straight up lazy where like the pokemon doesn't move at all it just yeah. like, kind of shakes in place and that's it i saw a fox just like when like the tail whip attack was just rotating the model and i'm like are you serious <laughs> like, like what the fuck is that so um i i do agree that there were some lazy cut corners and the rumor is, and I don't know how true this is. I've read some things on it is that like, they were going to do a ultra sun, ultra moon remake for the switch. And they were working on that for a while. Um, and then the switch did like way better than Nintendo and game freak had anticipated. Um, cause the idea was to get out that at the beginning of the switch life cycle in the first year or two. Um, and then once the switch, like, blew up and sold like certain amount of numbers they would put out a mainline pokemon game later it looks like the switch hit those numbers a lot earlier than they had anticipated and they were like hey scrap this ultra sun ultra moon remake we don't need that again let's do a mainline pokemon game for this to me that uh, doesn't really make much sense though because like if the switch is doing gangbusters in my brain i'm like that's great we can wait on the pokemon game and essentially when, like, the sales start flagging, we can use it to inject more money and more sales into the console. I agree with you 100%. I do feel like Nintendo is on the streak where, like, they wanted all of the mainline, like, 
uh, staple franchises on this console. Um, and Pokemon was kind of like the last one to hit. Yeah, and I, uh, I suppose looking at it, it could also be they're trying to get as many sales as they can before the Xbox new Scarlet and come PS5 come out. Yeah, exactly. So like Breath of the Wild 2 is probably going to come out at the same time as those consoles. I think that's their big like heavy hitter like hey Xbox new Xbox new PlayStation we have a Breath of the Wild sequel and Prime you know, like, 4 too. Yeah, and Prime 4. So fucking don't forget about us. Uh but I think like right now they're like okay, everybody's talking about the next gen consoles. Everybody's like 4K this, 4K that like we want to get our numbers um like our console sales as high as possible before the new consoles hit and pokemon sells fucking consoles and that proved to be the case this week when when pokemon launched it sold a shitload of consoles apparently. yeah what i don't get is that like you're gonna think that a lot of these pokemon were already modeled and i i, I apparently uh, this might be hearsay i don't know for certain but from what I'm hearing, the models in the last 3DS games were intentionally overdone, like overproduced polygon-wise, and then uh, brought down to the level that 3DS needed so that they could be used in the next title. And also, you have to think that a lot of this stuff is in, like, Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. That's what I was about to say. But, yeah, like, they left out Bulbasaur and Squirtle and, like, their evolutions, and I'm like, dude, those were just in the game they put out last year. Yeah, I don't get it. It, it, it has to be... Like, there has to be intentionality behind that decision aside from we don't have the time or resources to do it. Because I also feel like if they were planning on releasing an update or anything that put them in later, they would have just said that. Yeah, they would have said that by now with all the backlash and shit. I, I feel like maybe it was like a new balancing thing they're working with. Um, they're trying to slim down the numbers. They're trying to cut just like certain types of pokemon yeah that from certain generations you probably get to a point where like certain pokemon are just essentially clones of each other move move set and stat wise like with maybe some minor yeah. variation yeah but if, if that's the case then like just stick the model in and crap out a few animations and you're done like internally tag and I'm sure that someone's going to kick my ass for saying this, but, like, internally tag a fucking Bulbasaur as a Turtwig or whatever. I don't play these games. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm overall, I'm enjoying the game. Uh, like, I'm, I'm almost finished with it. It took me, like, 25 hours or so. Um, but, like, when you beat the game, that's kind of when the real fun starts, like, breeding and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah. It's just I'm like enjoying. real life, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good fun. <laughs> um, yeah, you've been playing anything else, though? No, not really. That's about it. Yeah, well. Bringing back around to uh, Kojima in uh, the start of our news block. Apparently, Kojima wants his studio, Kojima Productions, in the future to make movies. I think that's really cool. I think he's going to do a great job making movies. Well, Lord knows he knows enough movie stars, and at this point, like, 
He essentially is a director. Like, all of the cutscenes in his games, you could just strip out the gameplay elements and make movies out of them. But, apparently this came out in a 26-minute BBC documentary on the making of Death Stranding, which also might be an interesting watch for people who are into Death Stranding and want to know how the sausage was made a bit. But yeah, um, he wants to make movies, and he's saying that everything is going to move to streaming, which, uh, lord, do we have a big... <laughs> do we have a lot to say on game streaming later, but... Uh, Anyway, yeah, that's that's apparently what's coming out of the Kojima camp after Death Stranding. Yeah, I mean, I think you can direct some really cool movies, man. I, I would I would definitely see him. I'm a Kojima fan, though, so, like, I mean, his movies probably be super weird and kind of, like, indie-type movies, but I, I could see them being pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Given, given his influences, they could be extremely self-serious or they could be action movies or they could fall somewhere in between but yeah i'd be interested to see what actually happens yeah for sure me too and now i I need i need yet another sound effect for something failing uh (laughs) we gotta talk about the stadia launch how about a nice game of chess bitch um, I have a ton of articles in here about it. There's a ton. There, there's there, there's a galaxy of fuck-ups with this thing. I think we just had to start from the top. Uh, so, Stadia. It's supposed to be a thing where you stream games from Google servers onto your browser, onto a Chromecast, and it's supposed to be all software, right? You don't even need the special Stadia controller. You just you get in and you go, right? Yep. Except Google treated it like a hardware launch. The Stadia, yeah. the Founders Edition, Give is it a it's a Chromecast 4K, and not just any Chromecast 4K might might uh like not just any Chromecast 4K, but a specific Stadia one and a regular Chromecast 4K can't get Stadia on it yet. Oh my god! And then it is a special controller where the entire feature of the controller was that our controller hooks in directly via your router to our servers to mitigate some latency because it's basically skipping a hop. It's not going into your computer or the Chromecast or whatever. It doesn't do that at launch. Not only that, but if you want to use the controller on PC, you have to plug it in with a wire. Dude, this is... it. It seems like every single thing I look at every single day, it's some bad thing about Stadia. Yeah. And if you if you want to play the Stadia, you had to pre-order the Founders Edition, which had, like, a very set number of pre-orders. And um, then they replaced the sold-out Founders Edition with the Premier Edition, which was the same thing except it's a white console like a white controller and instead of a black controller and also you get that as they produce the units oh my god and also apparently like the codes to just access stadia because they made a big point of stadia saying stadia is not a box you don't need the hardware we're going to get you your code uh after we ship your order but not earlier than 9 a.m on 11 19 uh Apparently, some of those came in late. 
which is interesting because it's a goddamn code. Yep. Like a day later, yeah. people didn't have their codes. Everybody was flipping out online about the codes. And yeah, like, as far as hardware not getting there, there was a piece of this Reddit thread, this AMA, where one of the Stadia devs offers to bring a guy his console. Like, just, you're in you're in uh, the Bay Area, right? Here, I'm going to bring it to you. <laughs> DM me your address, bro. I'll bring you your, your fucking Stadia. And it includes someone on the team offering to hand deliver kits in the Bay Area to make up for shipping confusion. Yeah. God damn it. You might as well just deliver me a hard drive with all the fucking streaming video on it at that point. Like, shit. Um, because at least if you gave me that, it would be actually in 4K and not some sort of upscale job. Because Destiny 2 wasn't running in 4K on Stadia, even though they said it was. Dude, I love this. I love this comment. Or, like, this Reddit thread that's in this tweet. Dude's just like, you know what? Here's a crazy idea. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great start. Let me personally deliver one. If you're in the Bay Area and you're okay with me coming to your house at 9 a.m. on the 19th, please DM me with your pre-order number. I'll pick one person based on order received and how close you are to my house and drop by on my way to work. Bring your order and we can even play your first game together. What the hell is this? A fuck a fan contest? (laughs) Like... I don't want some random-ass Google engineer coming over with, like, the Stadia and a six-pack and being like, Yo, bro, you want to play some Mortal Kombat? Which, by the way, I think the, at, the, at that point, the only three games you could play were, like, Mortal Kombat, Destiny, and an Ancient Tomb Raider. Although they added, like, ten games to it. Uh, yeah, the, the first twelve games, apparently, four of, three or four of them were, like, two Tomb Raider games. So, like, 25% of their lineup was Tomb Raider games. Yeah, like, let, let's see. Uh, here's the day one title list. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Attack on mm-hmm. Titan Final Battle 2. I'm sure that's great. Destiny 2, the collection, which uh, you, you can get for free. And it's also I think, pretty I think flexible include... as to what could run it. I do think they include, like, the whole suite of Yeah, Destiny. it is. Yeah, okay. Uh, it says available in Stadia Pro. I don't know what that means. I really hope there aren't different tiers to this thing. I think that if you're on the Founders Edition or whatever, it gives you three... I think there is, like, a subscription-based model that gives you, like, a bunch of, like, um, perks. Oh, good. Like... Yeah. Let's just make this even more segmented and confusing. Like discounts on games. You can like invite friends to play on your account that don't have Stadia already. Uh, a bunch of shit on the pro front I don't even think is like available to use yet. So that's great. Yeah. Um, Farming Simulator 2019. Mm, I wonder, I want to know, is the Stadia compatible with that SciTech tractor controller that came out? Someone someone find that out for me. If you have a Stadia, a SciTech tractor controller, and way too much goddamn free time. Yeah, no shit. Uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen. How old is that game? It's old. It's good, but it's, it's old. It's good, but yeah. Football Manager 2020. Man. I'm sure hyped to play Football Manager on my Stadia. That game is so graphically intensive and demanding, I couldn't hope to play on my PC. 
uh, Grid, Guilt, whatever that is, Just Dance 2020, which, uh, how the hell do you even play that on the Stadia? Like, oh, that's a really good question. Like, the, the, is there a camera or something? Don't most Just Dance games either require, like, a camera or a motion controller of some sort? I don't know, I man, think but... the controller has some sort of gyroscope in there. They're not just using that to detect it, are they? Oh, God, that'd be terrible. Uh, whatever kind is. Um, Metro Exodus, which is, again, pretty old. Mortal Kombat 11, which came out, like, last year. And also, I watched some of the gameplay uh like the giant bomb coverage of it and it didn't look great like it it looked a bit laggy and also just the video kind of had that codec haze over it you know yeah. what i mean yep uh nba 2k20 okay rage 2 and rise of the tomb raider that's um. that's not much no, it's not. And also, if you already own copies of these games, it's not like you can use them on Stadia. You have to rebuy them. To rebuy them, yeah. That's the worst part of it to and, me. And the, thing, the fact of the matter is that like Google needed this. I think that they were treating it and calling it originally a beta rollout, but like either they dropped that real fast or people just didn't take it as that. Um, and Google really needed to make sure that this thing had a stable rollout that gave people the faith that they weren't just going to drop this as an experiment like they have with like 15 other products at this point yeah dude this is not a product launch like this is not something people should be paying money for right now i like how uh just like this and then you have to remember the fact that they said all that bullshit about negative latency too. <laughs> they yeah, they can't even get the games to run at the resolution and frame rate that they said they were going to when they're talking about some sort of magic latency technology. It's like Elon Musk rolled this thing out. Dude, it's bad. Fuck. It's it's kind of a joke. I wasn't going to get one anyway. I don't like the idea of another layer of abstraction between me and ownership whatever that means in 2019 of my games and also i just like having a beefy computer because i need it for like 3d work and rendering anyway so might as well yeah i mean they're like game streaming is it's gonna become like a common thing like five to ten years from now but it, it, i don't think it's ready at this moment um and Stadia is like, Google's like, oh, we want to be first to the market and shit. And like, we want to set a trend here and get something rolling. And they're just doing a really bad job of kind of making a first impression. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're first to the market. That doesn't really mean anything when your service is impossible Terrible. to get a hold of. And when people get it, not fulfilling the promise of quality that they said it was going to and also i like how just the spokesperson for google when someone pointed out that uh this is not running in 4k basically threw the fucking programmers under the box or under yeah. the bus and was like we give developers the freedom of how to achieve the best image quality and frame rate on stadia <laughs> and we are impressed with what they have been able to achieve for day one but if it's not going to have full 4K on day one, you should probably tell people that and not just leave it for someone to find out by checking the frame. 
like they don't know like digital foundry yeah exactly and get with the fucking program man yeah Uh, i'm not i i was not sold on it at all whenever like i was intrigued by it and i sat down and when it first started like when they first rolled it out or first like announced that it was a thing i was like oh this is interesting i want to see what happens like i want to see how they're going to push this out but dude it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse every day i just don't see how they bounce back from this apparently it's also overheating chromecast ultras which i know chromecast can get hot i've experienced that before but i've never had one overheat and shut down on me like it's streaming video. What the hell is it possibly doing? It has yeah, to be doing... Like, are they doing the 4K post-processing on the Chromecast? Maybe that's why it only works on the Chromecast right now. They're like... They're probably... There's shit that's just not ready with this yet, man. Like, this is rolling out way, 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 way too early. Yeah. Like, if, if you can't run this in a browser on my computer shouldn't have rolled out yet oh yeah plain and simple like this is a game this is game streaming you have the number one browser out there like everyone uses google chrome for everything and you're telling me that your gaming streaming service doesn't work in your like flagship fucking web browser like are you kidding me you're telling me it doesn't do the thing that you said it was going to do when you announced it like the entire when did this turn into a hardware launch why did this turn into a hardware launch? Why do I have to use a specific Chromecast Ultra? Why can't I just go out and get one at the Best Buy? That's the baffling thing to me. They advertise this as a way for you to play games anywhere on anything. And here we are. You you have to... You can't even use any Chromecast Ultra. You have to have a specific... It's a game console. Yeah. it's It's basically... It reminds me of the Ouya, which is not a good look. It's a fucking shit show, man. Oh god. Um, that's all I got on the Stadia. Like, I there's probably more stuff that I'm forgetting because there is a ton of oh, shit yeah. going on with it, this. But it'll it'll continue. But yeah, that's all I got on it as well. Uh, the next thing I have to talk about is just it, it's a quick thing. But the inner cynic, bitter cynic in me was just like, is this where we are really? Um, McDonald's is bringing back classic Happy Meal toys, and I saw a bunch of people getting hype on Twitter about that, and don't get me wrong, like, I like the fucking McNugget Buddies and shit, but it's also some, some of the licensed toys they're bringing back, and being, the fact that, like, nostalgia bait has reached a point where we are apparently nostalgic for the shitty bootleg fast food versions of toys from our childhood <laughs> i just i couldn't fucking believe this dude like they got the furby yeah. in there they got the fucking uh power ranger the cowboy mcnugget Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> i'll get some mcnugget buddies oh dude this is pretty cool i'm sorry <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna i'm fucking like I I, rem- I do remember the McDonald's race car. Like the thing is, yes, there are memories involved. Like I had half these, but yeah, they're pe- they're shitty, man. They're like, the Space Jam Bugs Bunny, I want that. <laughs> it's not what? even that. It's not even that they're crap. It's just like this is this is the thing 
that people are excited for <laughs> the re-releasing of Happy Meal toys. Well, the thing is, man, like a lot of like I, I feel like a lot of companies and a lot of you know organizations and shit are like pouring money into investing in like the nostalgia of like millennials. Oh yeah, honestly, like the, the I think part of it is that nostalgia is kind of what we have at this point as in terms of uh the 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 cultural zeitgeist if you will like the the cultural memory of everyone is complete like it's vague to the point where it's hard to get people to like look at something unless it's an adaptation of this big huge popular thing and I'm, i'm talking in macro now not just about happy meal toys obviously but like and I think that as time's going to go on, you're going to see more desperate and weird shit like this because, like, think about the generation after us. What is their nostalgia going to look like? Like, essentially, culture is so atomized between all the streaming services you have, all of the internet videos that are out there, um, all of the websites you could visit, like, and you have access to all of this shit. At your fingertips. My, uh, Ian's brother, who's only a few years younger than us, like four, but like, his favorite show is the Dick Van Dyke show. That's crazy. Like the old show on Netflix. And that makes sense because like, these people aren't consuming stuff in chronological order of release anymore. It's just, oh, I found this thing. Let me go binge it or let me... Let, let me, like, essentially become an expert on this over the weekend. Or, like, this can be my new thing and it's 20 goddamn years old. So, I think that you're going to see more and more desperate nostalgia mining as time goes on. Because it's going to be less effective and shit's going to get really weird. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's my soapbox, I guess. Um, it, tangentially related, they're releasing a new Half-Life game. <laughs> Yeah, a fucking <laughs> VR game. Three VR games. They... <laughs> we can't make Half-Life 3, but we can give you three Half-Life games. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh, man. I mean, I mean I'm, this game's probably going to be cool. No, it looks... Like, I saw the trailer. It looks interesting. I'm going to have to watch someone play it because I don't have a VR headset and I don't plan on getting one because, like, I get motion sickness, headaches, and migraines pretty goddamn easily, so... I have no interest in VR at the moment. Um, I love this little like reaction tweet here where it's like new Half-Life game. It's a dude like smiling real big and then it says it's VR and he's like all pissed. It's like exactly <laughs> how I felt. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, the game looks cool. Like yeah. it looks like one of the coolest VR games. And if there was anything that would get me into VR, it would be this. But I'm just not there yet, man. That, and there's going to be a new G-Man model for people to bring in a source filmmaker and do stupid shit with, so... Yeah. True that. Uh, <laughs> although the one where it's the G-Man from Half-Life, the G-Man from Half-Life 2, and then Mark Zuckerberg is pretty great. Yeah, that one's really good. I love it. Uh, so yeah, that's happening. Uh, there's like an hour, a minute and 30 trailer of it out so far, and it definitely looks like a video game, so... Yeah, video games are cool. Yeah. In other news, uh, Toyota is ending its weird holdout on racing games. Uh, I don't know if you were aware of this, but, like, I'd say probably about one and a half years ago or so, um, 
Toyota just decided we're not going to license any of our cars for racing games because we don't believe that the idea of racing our cars is what we want to promote, even though they have a racing team, like multiple racing teams, a racing badge, and we're releasing a new sports car at the time. <laughs> yeah. Great, great, great job. It made no sense, and it like it completely just shut me out of buying the new Forza games. That and like a few other things that were going on with Forza at the time, but like most of my my favorite cars are Toyota cars. So <laughs> I had <laughs> like if I can't kit out a Mark III Supra the way I want to in these games, what's the point? But I I'm looking forward to the next Forza now because it should be back. Yeah, that's cool, man. It's good. It's good to hear. I mean, that's good news. It's bad news, at, like that they were out in the first place. But I'm glad they're back. Yeah, it's weird. And finally, the last quick thing I have. Uh, so apparently, Capcom is planning a Resident Evil Three remake for 2020. Which I, given what Resident Evil Three is, I'm surprised they didn't just announce it as DLC for the two remake because, like. The implementation of Mr. X in 2 is what Nemesis did in 3, essentially. And also, both take place in the Raccoon City Police Department and Raccoon City. Like, they're the, like both games shared the same map. I think it's going to be cool. Um, I agree with what you're saying, but, like, if they do a full ground-up remake with 3, um, and kind of change a few things here and there, and then have... There were like a lot of little. I don't know if you played the Resident Evil Two remake. Not yet. I I I bought it recently, but I haven't played it. There were a lot of little tweaks and stuff that were made to it that just kind of made it a better overall game. And in my opinion, it's the best Resident Evil game of all time now. Um, like if they can do something similar to that with popular a lot of people but i fucking loved it and there's like a look going back to the nostalgia thing like resident evil 3 is the first resident evil that i played like a lot a lot of yeah same um so like i would be mad hyped for that man i i'm well, so I'm, really, I'm not i'm excited i'm not poo-pooing it or anything i'm just interested to see how they're going to iterate on two now that two is basically doing what three did with the yeah. persistent enemy yeah i agree um, it'll be interesting to see how they approach it, but I, I think, I mean, Capcom has been hitting on all cylinders lately, in my opinion. Um, yeah, although so. the, and I know this is a licensed peripheral, but that Capcom home arcade thing is a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't have a news item in that in in here for that, but like, they released this giant fucking controller. With 16 randomly selected arcade games, it feels like. And some things, and this is kind of insulting, like, people have been planning for a, or clamoring, rather, for a re-release of, or a release to a home console, home anything, of Pro Gear, Alien vs. Predator, and one other, like, 1944 The Loopmaster. And this is the first time you can get those games on this, like, this thing is the only way, the first time you can get them legally at home, which is just kind of a slap in the face because it's this big, unwieldy, dual control stick thing in the shape of the Capcom logo that runs a version of Final Burn Alpha that wasn't licensed properly and that caused the, the team behind that to 
basically implode and like fork off to a new branch uh, instead of like working on Final Burn Alpha anymore. And then it's $260. (laughs) God, dude, it's so expensive. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. And the feature that they, one of the features that they claimed it was going to have where you can just plug it in and use it as, like, joysticks on your PC, which would make sense. Nope, can't, doesn't do it. Yeah. And I'm just looking at this thing like, who is this for? Because... It's not for the SNES Classic people, uh, because, you know, that was like, what, 100 bucks for a cheap and cheerful device with like 20, 25 games, as opposed to a paltry 16. Yeah, it wasn't even 100 bucks. it was like 75 Yeah, or exactly. And that's just like, a plug-and-play thing, it stays out of the way, you can goof around with Super Nintendo games, whatever. Um, I feel like anybody who's dropping $260 on a piece of kit like this with admittedly good fights, st- like good arcade sticks in it, like they're all Sanwa parts, although I do hear some res- uh, reports that the buttons are not Sanwa, but of Sanwa quality and specification, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> so uh, the the buttons they were able to buy off Mad Cats when they went bankrupt. But, right. Yeah, like, I feel like someone who's buying this kind of boutique thing would also know enough to spend their money more wisely and tinker around, like, be able to tinker around and, like, make a Mr. or a uh, Raspberry Pi emulation console or just run shit on their computer. Because I feel yeah. like anyone who has 260 bucks to drop on... A sixteen, like a plug-and-play console with sixteen games in it, probably has a pretty decent computer because they probably have extra money. Like I got yeah, my PS4 sure. cheaper than that thing. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. With three games. Yeah, but anyway, that's I guess that's my uh, Capcom rant for today. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I actually like video games. Like <laughs> I swear I like video games. That's that's good. That's good that you like video games, yeah. Frank. But. Um, so the final thing that we're shitting on today, (laughs) we're not shitting on this one, but apparently Bioware is planning a complete overhaul for Anthem. Um, so I have feels about this. Please uh, do, because I I was just, I was surprised, like, I was, like, my reaction was, that game still exists? Uh, yeah, um, I played it at launch, played it a lot, actually, beat the game, um, played it with a few of my friends from work we were heavy into it man the gameplay was we always felt in our opinion was the gameplay was there man um the it felt good to play the flying felt good like this idea of like um iron man simulator flying through maps and shit and kind of doing uh a bunch of shit with like multiplayer was cool um, but there was just a bunch of quality of life shit that was terrible. Uh, a bunch of unnecessary um, things that kind of like took you out of the gameplay loop a lot uh, and hindered like your actual moment to moment gameplay. And then there. Hello? Can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, say that again. There was just like a lot of stuff that took you out of the moment to moment gameplay. Um, and the gameplay loop was affected negatively because of it. But then there's also just the loot 
the loot stuff was just completely fucked. Um, the end game was non-existent. Uh, you can beat the story in like 20 to 40 hours, something like that, like depending on what you do and how much you kind of veer off and do your own thing. Um, the loading times were atrocious. You loaded every time, like they loaded you into like every single section of the map. It was obnoxious. Like there's just so many things wrong with the game that you couldn't take the mechanics and be like, well, the game plays good. But the game itself was just bad. Um, so if they can release just a completely overhauled, I feel like it should be an Anthem 2. I don't think they should just like... I think it should be an Anthem 2. I think it should be free to play um, with like... Allow, you know, you could... With like a little bit of in-game purchases, but less kind of money grabbing than the ones initially. Um but like it's just it was a sad story man because like i wanted to love the game i loved the gameplay of the game uh i kind of like just like the look and feel of it um the whole like javelins type thing that was it was just fun um but it it was just like it ultimately if you look at it from a gameplay experience where you sit down and you want to play a game and you have a fun with it like it was just a bad game yeah and if they can like turn it around and do kind of like a destiny taken king type situation where they launch it and it's like holy shit this is actually what anthem should have been what we wanted it to be um and the gameplay is still really fucking awesome and fun and the loot is fixed and they stop loading you in every section of an open map um and like it just feels better to play then i'll play it again i will um but that should there's so much that needs to be fixed with it like nobody's playing it nobody absolutely not like Hell, I think Fallout 76 has more of an active player base than Anthem at this point. Dude, they really, really dropped the ball with Anthem, man. It was it was really bad. Well, both games were kind of the product of a large company being like, hey, we want one of them Destiny 2s. Go make us one. Uh, and you read the Jason Schreier piece on the development yep. of Anthem. like. That game, mess. they had no idea what they were doing, basically. It was just a series of tech demos, and then they got railroaded in a direction that, like, corporate wanted, but they didn't necessarily want. Exactly. Um, I'm glad that they're kind of trying again, and that Bioware is getting another bite at the apple before they just become another victim of the EA uh, franchise close button. Yeah. Or not franchise, I... company close button. Dragon Age is still on the horizon, Dragon Age 4 that's still heavy in development apparently it's supposed to come like next fiscal year or some shit um, yeah but like if that comes out somewhere around the launch static yeah I'd, I'd be interesting to see like, or interested to see like what they do with things like loot tables and grinding and like the the monetization aspects because the part of what dragged Anthem down was the fact that it just seemed predatory in a lot of ways, but that's what EA was looking for. Like, they yeah. want they want to make essentially a Skinner box that they can just skim money off the top of, like that, like they do with the FIFA Ultimate Team shit. And, and Yeah, all the sports Ultimate Team shit that they do. Make so much money off that shit. It at least seems like, especially given like the state of Battlefront 2 now, and a few other moves that they've made and things that they've said 
that they are backing off of every game needing some sort of monetization component. Hence, Jedi Fallen Order doesn't have it and is, you know, kind of charting quite well. Yeah, um, and it makes sense because they basically realize, like, we can make our single-player games together as one cohesive unit, our continued monetization strategy via EA Origin Access Plus Premium Pro Edition or whatever the hell the different tiers are called. <laughs> yeah, dude. But, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, either way, I think it's going to be good reading. Let me put it that way. Uh for sure, I Jason Schreier boot up or Jason Schreier boot up your word processor, dude. He's he's ready. I know it, dude. He was the one who like uh, he was the one who first posted this on Twitter that it was happening. So he's just like on the development team doing like a behind the music thing. <laughs> that's great. But anyway, that's all I had for today. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, I think. I think that we're you, you had the idea of doing a Game of the Year episode here soon. I don't know if that's going to be the next one or the one after that, but uh, that'll be interesting because I haven't really played shit this year, <laughs> like, big release-wise, so it's going to, to be some... the best games that I have played of the year. I picked up Control on Black Friday. I'm going to play that. I want to play a little bit of Jedi Fallen Order, and then I'll be ready for Game of the Year talk. Yeah, tell so me maybe... how Control is. I've been actually kind of interested in that, like... Um, Remedy post Max Payne has kind of been an enigma to me. Like I started Alan Wake at one point, and a friend of mine really enjoys that game, but like I was kind of iffy on it, and then I never continued it. Uh, and then I can't even rem- remember what the hell the Xbox One exclusive that they released at that console launch was. Quantum Break. Yeah, it was good. It was a good game. Uh, I think. I mean, it's nominated for Game of the Year, Control is, um, at the Game Awards, and it did critically very well. Uh, I got it for 25 bucks, so I'm sure it is well worth it. Nice. Make a new Max Payne game, damn it. <laughs> Make a new <laughs> Max Payne game that ignores the entirety of Max Payne 3. <laughs> That's what I say. And then make a Happy Meal toy of it that I can be nostalgic about. Yeah, dude, now you're talking. Yeah, like, what, what, just, just as an exercise before we go, what other thing could you think that is that level of weird and dumb? The, like, on the level of McDonald's? Yeah. Oh, man, I, wow. Um, I think, nah, dude, I don't know. I got nothing. That's, like, the bottom of the barrel for me. Uh, Uh, wait, what if Motorola released they already did a that. new razor they're already doing that they have a I new know. razor coming <laughs> i'm honestly kind of interested in that just because it's a smaller form like i think the folding screen stuff is cool and it would be a smaller form factor than my giant chunk ass phone that i have to carry around yeah for sure man um <laughs> but yeah i got nothing like maybe if maybe if people got super into kid cuisine for some reason <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Kid Cuisine, man. Yes, you should have. It's fucking garbage. <laughs> you should have. Like <laughs> TV dinners for kids. Yeah. God damn it. 
Yeah, you, you, do, you, do you want, like, three chicken nuggets and mac and cheese with the consistency of wallpaper paste? Well, have we got some shit for you. Listen, listen to our bootleg Daffy Duck-ass mascot. That shit would never pass in today's age, man. No, nobody would, like, there'd be a, CNN would be in an uproar. They people. still make it. They still no, really? fucking make those, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how any TV dinner has survived... Like, I can get some of them, but I don't know. Yeah, they still make mm. Kid Cuisine, which is hilarious because they're one of the more expensive options on offer, TV dinner-wise, and you don't get much. I might have been watching TV dinner reviews on YouTube for some god-awful reason. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm, I'm, I'm getting super into just weird, like, what I've, what I've been describing as boring YouTube like dude, yeah that's out there man just just i've been watching an old dude review uh tv dinners and shit for some reason these videos of people trying to live in cars and then youtube watching them that seems kind of cool yeah i don't i i don't know how uh you'd go about that a friend of mine had an idea of what if he tried to do a series where he made meals based on stuff that just came from the Dollar Tree and shit. But I think someone actually already did that. Mm. But anyway, uh, I guess that's it for us. We'll catch you later. Take it easy.